is a decentralized AI business architecture possible? Well, in reality it is. And let me explore a little bit uh, the case of um, stable diffusion as, a, as an example. And now, right now, it's um, the, the whole business architecture is getting structured and how it looks uh, a little bit more decentralized and explain what I mean by that. The, the thing is with uh, with uh, with the generative models is um, uh, as I explained in the in the previous episodes, to build the foundation layer can get quite complex and quite expensive because uh, pre-training and the training of um, a large language model might get quite expensive, especially for the kind of iterations where we're going uh, toward right now, meaning that uh, we are in a in a phase right now where we're moving toward uh, multi-model. Uh, large generative models, meaning models that uh, might be able to handle um, any kind of format. For example, going forward with the GPT-4, there are many speculations that are telling us that, for instance, this kind of model may be able to handle anything from images to text to audio. Whether this is going to be true, uh, for sure one thing is true, is that we're moving toward this sort of multi-model uh, foundational layer. And if that is the case, as you can imagine, those sort of models may need even more computing power to be pre-trained and fine-tuned in the first place. And therefore, only a few companies uh, can afford it, not, not just from a financial standpoint, eh, just to, to be clear, but also from a, uh, from a, a um, talent pool standpoint. There is right now huge uh, arbitrage opportunity where the, the number of people that right now are uh, able to to uh, build this sort of foundational layer as are very few. Of course, in the future, a whole industry will be built on top of it, and therefore, the opportunities will be much, um, you know, wider for everyone. But at the same time, those foundational layers are evolving quite, quite quickly. So, on the one side, uh, you, as I explained in a previous episode, uh, from. Um, uh, you know, from the different business architectures and open versus, versus close. When we look at the uh, OpenAI Microsoft partnership model, it, it looks more like a, a centralized closed approach where you uh, use open source just to release um, part of the, uh, the, of, the, of the model so that you can have control on it and at the same time you can enable, uh, you can make sure that the model is not used in uh, ways that you think can be harmful. But this approach, while you know, might be controlled um, on the other side, as uh, I explained uh, in a previous episode, it might also lead to uh, centralization, meaning that any iteration of uh, uh, of um, the interaction between, like, a middle engine, let's say, and the the foundational layer, so a model like GPT-3 uh, is going to go through a central player. So let's say the, the partnership of uh, Microsoft and, uh, and uh, OpenAI. The other model, uh, like in the case of stable diffusion, which is a more like decentralized sort of AI and explain how the whole process might work is, of course, you still get, uh, you know, um, a core development team organized around the company, in this case around an entity which is Stability AI, but then you also get a community of uh, developers which don't work for anyone. It's, 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 it's an open community, it's an open source community that is going to contribute to, to the software, just like in the case of WordPress in the past, or just like in the case of uh, Wikipedia with the editors working on Wikipedia, which don't work directly for the company, but is a community of uh, 
uh, you know, developers or uh, um, content creators or editors that uh, participate in uh, developing the the, the uh, open source software. So you have uh, the, the training side though, um, which again is taken care by a community of uh, core developers and a community of developers which um, you know, build on top of a centralized uh, cloud infrastructure as of now, which is, is the only one who is able to handle as of today, this sort of uh, training. Um, you know, it may be that in the future you also get a decentralized, a decentralized cloud players uh, using different kinds of technologies, who knows, uh, you know, we've been speculating a lot also with blockchain. We'll see, uh, for now it's not a viable option, but, you know, it may be that in the future we're going to get this kind of um, option available on the table, table also when it comes to training those very large generative models. But as of now, you still need a very solid cloud infrastructure, which can be provide, uh, provided only by a large player like, you know, AWS or like Microsoft Azure, like in the case of OpenAI or like with, uh, with Google Cloud, like in the case of uh, DeepMind. So the training, let's say, is going to be still in partially uh, centralized because you're going to do it on a top of a cloud, solid cloud infrastructure provided by one of the big giants of tech. And then on the other side, once the model is ready, you release it to the public in an open source version. You release the full model so anyone can be able to download the latest version of the, the model, just like you do with an open source software. Um, so uh, just like in the, in the same case, just like, for instance, the case of WordPress, right? The, the, the latest release of WordPress is available. It's open source. You can download it right on as, as soon as the code is, uh, has been worked on by the core development team plus the community of developers around the, the software. So the same goes for stable diffusion where, you know, you get an update to, to the model. Uh, it gets trained, it gets better, it gets multimodal, whatever, and you can download the open source version. Once you download the open source version, version you, can, uh, uh, you can actually plug it on whatever device. Imagine that tomorrow you're going to be able to run it on your iPhone. And then based on that, you're going to be able to run whatever kind of application uh, on, on top of your iPhone locally, so on the edge, meaning that you're, gonna, you're not going to be, uh, you know, prompting the data from your phone to a central player. Like, for instance, it would happen more in the case in which you use APIs where you need to call the APIs of the, the central player to actually play with the foundational layer. Instead, you're going to be playing uh, on edge, meaning uh, locally on your device using your own data, um, which, as you can imagine, is more like privacy oriented on the one side is more like bottom up oriented when when it comes to data, because the data doesn't uh, uh, don't need to go through uh, the, the, the central cloud, um, you know, infrastructure, it, it stays on, on your local device. Of course, here as well, uh, decentralization um, until a certain extent, because also here uh, for the model to do specific things is going to need uh, like a very solid infrastructure. And of course, we, we're going to get there because, uh, for instance, uh, Apple with the uh, uh, with the uh, Apple Silicon and uh, the infrastructure that is building, for instance, for its devices. And for instance, as I explained already, there will be a huge in intersection between uh, AI as an interface and AR, uh, so augmented reality device developed by, by companies like Apple. So today, for instance, Apple is developing its neural uh, chip, so a chip who is able to handle machine learning tasks like, you know, stable diffusion on top of the iPhone. But tomorrow, we might see this in a in a, uh, in a smart glasses, so in, in an AR device. And it's going to be quite interesting because this is also in line with the way, for instance, Apple uh, looks at, um, at uh, the, uh, you know, the, the business world where you don't have to uh, sell, for instance, ads in a way that uh, they go back to um, whatever 
a collector you have to get this data and then sell it back to users, you can have uh, you know the data locally in your device. Uh, you're gonna opt in or opt out depending on the service, and you can run those uh, powerful AI models on top of your device, uh, which those models will be doing will be doing uh, in context learning on top of your device. Meaning that, uh, as we know, uh, the there are like probably two three important elements to understand when it comes to those. Um, powerful generative models. The first one, as we said, is the training side, uh, which training and fine-tuning that require a lot of computing resources. Once this has been done, then you can download it and you can customize it. Uh, but, you know, also the ability to actually scale those models and customize them requires, uh, you know, a substantial amount of resources. So you, we can imagine that uh, in this layer, we're going to have companies like, for instance, Apple or other any other players will be developing like services where you can use those models like stable diffusion to do many other things. So imagine that you have your AR, AR glasses who are able to uh, entertain you in the real world, generating, for instance, uh, you know, real time uh, e-commerce experiences as you walk through a store. Right. Um, of course, uh, the foundational layer that uh, will be using, uh, you know, this uh, real time engine is going to be stable diffusion. But then on top on top of it, you might have something, let's say, developed by Amazon, uh, which will be like an AR experience uh, engine that will sit on top of um, an open source software like Stable Diffusion to customize your experience as you go along. So you're going to still be using the Amazon, uh, you know, middle engine to actually have those experiences. But then those, this middle engine can actually learn from the in-context data that you have on your device, uh, which might be locally, uh, you know, in your device, but uh, may not go directly through uh, you know, whatever uh, provider, but it might stay there. So your experience, in other words, might be decentralized, meaning that it might be a customized uh, on edge, so right on your device, but the data doesn't move uh, back and forth from your device to the provider and back. Of course, we can imagine that uh, those engines will still be uh, trained in a way that will be able to recognize patterns. And then the, the question is always, isn't the pattern recognition then a way for those engines to also identify in some way a user, even though that user is not going to have a name? So it's it's an open, an open question mark. But there is, this is an interesting way to look at um, a possible development of uh, AI in a decentralized fashion, meaning, again, uh, you get uh, an open source uh, AI model released. This open source model can be downloaded. There is a middle layer provider who is going to be customizing uh, the experience for the user and a user who is going to get in context learning, meaning that the model is going to be customized based on the data that is available on the device of the user, which is not going to leave the device. So just to recap, you have stable diffusion, uh, let's say releasing the latest update uh, on GitHub as an open source version. You download it, uh, um, uh, you know, on uh, let's say as a user uh, on your device, uh, and then on top of it, you download like an Amazon, an Amazon engine, which is going to be interfacing directly and not and automatically with the stable diffusion. Uh, or for instance, in the future, you might have stable diffusion automatically running on, on, on your iPhone. So as a user, you don't even know that you're uh, running stable diffusion. You don't even care because that one is a foundational layer. It may be that it's working at enterprise level. So between like stable diffusion and Apple. So just like today, you get uh, by default, uh, you know, Chrome or whatever other um, uh, default applications on, on your phone, you may get stable diffusion by default running on your phone or on your uh, AR device. So you don't even going to realize. And then you're going to have a much simpler application like an Amazon engine that will enable you to um, 
have uh, an uh, AR, so an augmented reality experience through a shop, a physical shop where you're going through, where uh, this uh, real-time engine is going to be interfacing with stable diffusion, is going to be plugging the uh, Amazon application and is going to be giving you like a real-time experience that is going to be learning uh, with uh, uh, in-context data that is going to be taken, for instance, on your uh, smart glasses, which have the data about your location, about your preferences and stuff like that. But the data is not going to leave your device. It's going to stay there just for in-context learning so that the algorithm uh, um, and the engine on the fly is going to know what to serve you. So this is a possible way and it's interesting to explore possible ways in which the AI business architecture can actually evolve.